With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm in this world and they made me a monster. All right. Welcome back to uh, 32 Fans. Is that how Chester does it? I've never, I'm never the host. Even if, like... I hosted a show that was called the Akiva Wienerker podcast. I would still, like, I'd get someone else to be the host, and I'd just be the guest. So I don't want to deal with the, like, the intro stuff or, you know, any of, like, the throwing it back from break, like, assuming there were breaks or, like, an ad. You know, I don't know. What, what kind of advertiser would we have if we had on this podcast? Like, I was reading that, um, like, a, a good podcast gets, like, for every, I think for every thousand listeners... If it's a 30-second ad, you get, like, uh, it's like $17 for every 1,000 listeners or something. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm making that up. Um, anyway, so, I don't, we would get, like, I'm not sure what we would get. So, Chester's banned. Everyone knows that. Uh, he's not banned forever. He's just suspended for, I guess, the first quarter of the podcast. It's like a Todd Bowles punishment. Um, he didn't do what he was supposed to last week, which was edit the podcast properly. And he thought it was really funny to make the podcast bad, like to start off as if anyone's going to read his dumb iTunes description. It's like, uh, you know, 2 to 24, it's uh, we're talking about football and it's completely unintelligible because I'm looking on my phone and arguing about like partial birth abortion in my WhatsApp group with my fantasy football friends as if anybody, uh, you know, and, 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 and then he gets mad when I don't pay attention. Um, and then, and then the rest of it I thought was fine, was a regular, you know, if you think this this is a decent podcast, like it was just a regular episode, but, um, the first 20 minutes were unlistenable and I, I, you know, so this is his punishment. He's, he's like the Sheldon Richardson, um, except Sheldon Richardson tries a little harder, um, of this podcast. He, he, you know, I, maybe people will like this experiment and do you think I could like cuck, podcast cuck Chester into recording this but not actually being on the air maybe people like this better i'm not sure i've never done this before this is like i don't know how like mike francesa does this five and a half hours a day i'm, I'm dying out here but uh anyway so we're gonna do a few things today we're back after uh, top 10 tv shows two weeks ago and top 10 podcasts of the year last week uh we're starting 2017 with a pretty typical uh round one of the nfl playoffs preview that's what we do here we're an nfl playoffs uh, we're an nfl podcast six months a year and the other six we do complete nonsense um, and so, uh, so I think we should start with Black Monday, which was really ruined. I would say January 1st, you could argue Jesus, because of like the whole Christmas, New Year's thing, really ruined Black Monday this year, because usually it's glorious, all the coaches get fired like Sunday night, it used to be Monday morning, but now we have the coaches firing creep, where they get 
they get fired Sunday night. Uh, and now it's like creeped up to Saturday night. They get you know fired before the games, and Rex got fired the week before because he asked the owner what his status was. And I guess once the owner told him he wasn't being rehired, there was no way to keep him. So we got six job openings. And, um, you know, the Jaguars, that's been open for a while. We got the Bills. We got the Rams. We got the 49ers, the Broncos, and uh, the Chargers. I think the Saints are playing hard to get with Peyton. They owe him a lot of money, so I don't think they'll fire him because they don't have as rich of an ownership as all the other teams. You know, them and maybe the Packers. There's a couple teams that really don't have a lot of money. Buffalo. To me, I think they're trying to go the Rams or anybody, I mean, the Chargers, somebody into... The Chargers with Sean Payton would be interesting, into trading for Payton. You don't have to give up much for him. You just have to agree to pay his contract. I'm sure they would take a late-round draft pick. Uh, so that would be interesting. And then... So I think he'll go. I think Pagano's going to get fired. I'm not sure why he hasn't been fired yet, but it would surprise me if he makes it through today. The Jets already announced they're keeping bowls. I... Bill O'Brien, the thing about Bill O'Brien is that he's favored. They're three and a half point favorites to beat the Raiders. So if he wins a playoff game, there's no way he's getting fired. It would be a weird firing. He'd be one of those guys. I do think he'd get another job. Although the problem is if all the jobs get filled this weekend, there may not be enough jobs left for, for Bill O'Brien to get a gig. Um, I think that's it for the coaches being fired. Um, I, you know, I, who else? I, I, don't re- I really didn't like Doug Peterson, but that was year one. I'm not, I'm not super impressed with, with uh, what's going on with the Eagles. I, I I don't see any reason to believe that John Fox is going to turn the Bears around in year three, but I guess they have a really good draft pick. Maybe they get a quarterback, and something could happen there. Um, but I so I don't know. I, I think that um, Vance Joseph, the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, who uh, if most people don't know, is the worst player in Jets history. No hyperbole. If you had asked me six months ago, who's the worst player in Jets history? It's definitely Vance Joseph. He was a college, I think, running back or wide receiver at Colorado back in the days of uh, Rashawn Salam, R.I.P., who um, who was converted one week. The Jets are like, let's make him a cornerback, sort of like the Patriots did with Troy Brown, except he was also a receiver, and he was just like the nickelback. So they played the Raiders in 1995, the Jets did, and in his first game, Vance Joseph literally didn't know how to run backwards, which is like a pretty key trait for a cornerback. And so Tim Brown went for like 10 for 180 and three touchdowns on him, like in his sleep. And James Jett had two touchdowns. Like the Raiders were up 49-7 or 49-10 in the third quarter. I mean, it was, you know, the whole crowd was chanting, let's go Raiders. It was a Jets home game, Sunday night football. It was awful. Um, so I think he's going to get a job. I think Harold Goodwin, the Cardinals offensive coordinator, is going to get a job. I think Anthony Lynn for the Bills. It was a big, obviously... He, I think he gets that job for sure if the Bills beat the Jets. The problem is it was one of the worst losses of the year for any team. The Bills losing to the Jets, you know, 30 to 10. It was 33 for uh, until until a late touchdown. Uh, I just think the Gillisley not picking up the kickoff could cost Anthony Lynn that job. He's also a minority candidate. He's going to get a lot of interviews anyway. I think maybe he gets that Bills gig. Um, there aren't a lot of exciting people out there. Like, no, you know, nobody's going back for Chip Kelly. Yeah, Gruden's not coming. There's really not a lot of interesting people. Mike Shanahan's always trying to get himself a job, but I mean, he would be. I would, you know, he would be fine if someone hires Kyle Shanahan. I think someone probably will. Although it is hard sometimes for the guys who are still in the playoffs, the coordinators, to get a gig because maybe you won't wait for them in case they don't leave. But a Kyle Mike package is good. I really like all the guys who are saying that they're packaging themselves with Gus, Gus Bradley. Like that's a punishment for me. That's like a threat. Like you better be freaking Bill Belichick if you're if you're packaging yourself with Gus Bradley as your defensive coordinator. How am I doing, guys? Let me know. Tweet at me. Tell me how I did. Uh, I think we could end Chester's punishment now. Chester, are you around? Can you hear me? 
I'm not even sure if I'm recording, by the way. Like, this is all Chester's domain. I have no idea if I've been talking this whole time. I didn't check Zencast or anything. Chester, you're listening? Well, he's, never, he's not even listening when... Ooh, I was going to say, you're not even listening when we're on. I don't know why you'd be listening when it's just me. But wh- did you hear what everything I had to say? Uh, I, don't, I don't respect your authority here, so I, uh, I protest that suspension. Well, but do, but was I good? Was that fine? Or like, do we have to cut that? I think that was fine. No, you were you were terrible. You have to be cared by me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what do you think would happen if if I quit the Seinfeld podcast and you took over? Do you think it would get more popular, or less popular, or basically the same? <laughs> I can't I can't imagine I'm very popular in rap world because I'm known as somebody who doesn't like Survivor. So. Well, I don't think you're known. I think that's your first yeah, mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming that you're known. <laughs> anybody knows who I am. They, uh, yeah. Or once they discovered that, they'd be. By out. the way, do you know? Do you know how crazy I am? I went through. Um, we we got a tweet from somebody asking about last, something about last week's podcast, and I just happened to like I don't know that name or I knew that name. I happened to notice he didn't follow me, which is fine. You don't have to follow me, but it came through you. So it occurred to me that this person followed you and not me. Like an RHAP fan who listens to this podcast. To me, that's an insane person move. To follow only Chester and not Akiva? That's I'm a that's, better tweeter than you. That's, I'm, I, I, am, I do rarely tweet. I am very bad on Twitter. But I feel like, throw me some love. I mean, 123 podcasts last year. I tweeted 112. It's 123. Um, so did, the, did, the guy, uh, did the guy follow you? Well, I told him I wouldn't answer his question till he followed me and unfollowed you. Yeah. And he followed and me. Loyal. I don't... Yeah, I don't. I, he did follow me. I don't believe he unfollowed you. Yeah, but so I went through. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't care. Well, that's why I quit the pool of pools. Do you under? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. The pool of pools is going great <laughs> without you. All right. Will you no, be, if if awesome. I get caught for some sort of like international gambling fraud or something, will you still be my attorney for the pool of pools, even though you're not no, in it? Who do you think? Who do you think the whistle blow? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're gonna come back to me Saturday, like I want two free entries, or else I'm I'm blowing the whistle. I, I could yeah. see you as as like the big snitch. That definitely you're the first suspect if someone tells. Um, I think that uh, I went through your entire Twitter list to see if there's other people who follow you and not me. Oh my god, you are upset. Yeah, I went through I went through all of your. I mean, you don't have a lot of followers, so it wasn't so hard. And there's people like okay, that's clearly your friend or like acquaintance, probably knowing you. I, but, like, there were a few people who was, like, you know, you could tell by the mentions, like, if they say, you know, Big Brother Survivor, and they follow you and not me, uh, you know, I'm going to assume that there's something wrong with them, obviously. <laughs> or, like, they accidentally, like, clicked a button and, un- and you know, unfollowed me. I don't know. Uh, or maybe I blocked them, and then they can't follow me. Have you ever um, blocked anyone on Twitter? No, I mute, I mute people. I only mute, I don't mute, like, I mute people if I hate their political opinions. Have you ever gotten an anti-Semitic attack on Twitter? No, no. I should really put the, the triple parentheses around my name. You've never mentioned Trump, I think, on Twitter, probably. So. I've mentioned him a bunch of times, but I'm also like, maybe people don't realize that Kiva Wienerker is Jewish. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, because I've... I don't I've tweet about politics a lot. I, would, I was going to block those people, but I realized, you're right, muting is better than blocking, because when you mute the person, they don't even realize, so they're just tweeting yeah, into, like... Into the wind. But I see, I wouldn't mute, like, outright racists, because who cares? They're so stupid, like, nobody would actually care about what they have well, to say. Well, but it's, ups- it's, you know, it's upsetting to be getting... Sure, at, you know, but I will, I, I have, like, sure, I'll tweet, like, uh, I've, I've muted, like, ten people. I'd say all, like, dirtbag left, which is, like, the alt-right, but the dirtbag left, um, they call themselves that. I'm not calling themselves dirtbags. <laughs> But like if if they if I see something, it's like okay, this person's like 
their hatred, you know, of like Israel is creeping a little too far for me, then I'll then I'll mute them instead of block. Oh, or no, a couple of them I block. But you know, it's like if I think you're veering, to, you know, away from, you know, towards like anti-Semitism, you're getting you're getting muted. Yes, I think I got like one on the left and like two or three Trumps on the right that uh, I've muted. But yeah, not that many. Uh huh. Um, and I've never, to my knowledge, I've never been blocked. Although I don't know how, there's no stat to find out if you've been blocked. But yeah, you, you can't find out. Yeah. But I don't think and, I've ever been blocked. It, it, and if I am, it's like, a, yeah, it might take me a while to what? Well, like Bill Barnwell, I realized after like a few weeks of not seeing him on my timeline, I realized I've been blocking him and I couldn't understand why. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of was I, I had tweeted at him. This is the benign thing I tweeted at him that got me blocked. I said, this is right when the Vikings hired Zimmer. I said, do you know of any research indicating whether head coaches that come from defensive backgrounds are more or less aggressive than head coaches that come from offensive backgrounds? You know, yeah. the, the, By the way, that's way more than 140 characters. That's well, probably why he blocked you. But the, the, hypothesis, the hypothesis being... No, I remember because you asked me to ask him to unblock you. I think you asked a yeah, bunch I of people to ask. why he blocked me. So I, I sent him an email. The only thing I can assume is, you know, my mention was in the middle of, of a bunch of, you know, sure. troll mentions. And he just went sure. Uh, but he has... He's a big blocker. Did he respond yeah, well, to you so by I, email? I emailed, he didn't respond, but he unblocked me. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, he, okay, fine. Like, he gets a lot of hate. I think there's a lot of irrational football fans that... Uh, like Aaron Schatz, he's like all day long is complaining about people. Well, everybody who say always assumes team. that that public people on sports hate their team. Right. I've never assumed that, but probably because I'm a New York fan, I just assume that they. You, well, you like hate your own team. teams, also. Sure, that's true. Jets and Mets yeah. fans. No one can. No one can hate our teams more than we do. Yeah. Um. I. I think. Uh. Yeah. But he. Like, if you search him and block, he's one of the biggest blockers in the game. He's like I the Matumbo of Twitter. Also. But I would never. Yeah, but, but Barry has millions of Twitters and uh, millions of Twitter followers. That's different than Barnwell probably has like 100,000. All right. So what, what did you discuss before I came on here? You talked about uh, Black Monday or, or the uh, the Black Monday creep that already happened on Sunday. Yeah. In the previous couple of weeks. Correct. Black Monday. Do you have any other thoughts? Who else is going to get fired? Who's going to uh, get hired? You're the, you're the one who's obsessed with that. I, the, the who's going to get hired is more interesting to me. But, you know, obviously there's openings that we didn't expect, like the Broncos opening. Right. I assume that uh, that's got to be the top opening available. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, because they don't have a quarterback, but they could get Romo if they snap their fingers for sure. Or they could yeah. get you know Tyrod Taylor if they snap their fingers. Like the, Tyrod Taylor and the Broncos makes them, you know, the third best team in the AFC next year automatically. It's mind what the Bills have done, uh, why they decided Tyrod. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, their offense was not the problem. The problem is Rex Ryan showed up and their defense went from, you know, like number four in the league to number 20 something. So, um, you know, the defense is where they need to improve. Their offense is fine, especially given the fact that Taylor really had no weapons on the outside. You know, except for Sammy Watkins, three games a year. Yeah, I mean McCoy was is a weapon, but right, no, he, I mean yeah. more of a running weapon. Both he's a good pass catcher. Um, no, I agree that, that he Tyra Taylor. You could make a case. We rank the quarterbacks. I don't. Where do we have him? Like eighteenth ish, twentieth, something Not like higher, that. Well, so the end of season Chester quarterback rankings. I have him at number eleven. Yeah, I don't think he's that high, but he's yeah. I don't think he's really the eleventh best QB, but he's definitely like fifteen, sixteen at least. Yeah, he's not the problem. Even if you hate him, like, he can't be worse than 18. Like, he's definitely better than, you know, the, the guys who are, like, in the 20 range, which is, like, Tannehill yeah. and Cutler and all those guys. Yeah. Um, all right. So before, you know, before we talk about the individual matchups, um, do you want to do NFL awards? Sure. Yeah, let's do awards. We talked about this a little bit the last few weeks, especially the MVP. But uh, I had put together my uh, my ballot. Of course, uh, I'm not a voter. Only the AP votes. There's only there's only uh, like I think two votes. There's like 50 votes total or something. For yeah, 50 votes awards. total. Very strange. They, they've never well, they've well, never changed well, it. 
historically there were no official NFL awards. There were just a bunch of different organizations that gave them. Yeah. And then over time, the AP sort of became the default most official. Right. Well, I think UPI, a- which was like the that's why like yeah. there used to be split national championships in college football. Yeah. Because there would be there were multiple. Uh, there were yeah there were there was three polls I think there was like and and yeah, but now, yeah, but now there the used NFL to be like four MVP the, awards like NFL PWA or like Pro Football Weekly so something and yeah, UPI there, used there, to there, give there, an award two different one yeah there, there's one out of this organization based out of Philadelphia who uh, shockingly or unshockingly almost every year an Eagle got it or like a former Eagle so like in 1998 they gave it to Randall Cunningham is that uh, why Mark Mosley won the MVP or was he not no, even he was, the Eagles he was kicker on that Washington. year Washington he was he in was Washington, Washington he won the AP he won the AP MVP. Right. I mean, really, that that needs like its own 30 for 30, to be honest. Mark Mosley, the kicker winning the MVP without even having a great year. I've tried to look into this so much. I've done a lot of research. Bill Barn was also really into it. He's written columns about it. It still makes no sense. There's no money. Don't tweet at him about the column, though. He will block you. (laughs) Let's start with the the, like the bad awards and work our way up. Okay, fine. All right. So how are we going to start? Well, do you want to do comeback player of the year? Because I don't have a lot of strong takes on that. Comeback player of the year, like like that's the equivalent, like in the NBA, like the six man award. I don't care about that. The six man award is not an award. What you're saying is a player who's not good enough to start. Any player who's good enough to start is a starter. So that that's a stupid award to me. I'm guessing you hate the you hate the NIT then. Uh, well, I like the NIT because the Gophers have been good in it. <laughs> what about what about the Bulls? You must hate like all the. It is insane yeah, that so. they're like let's play the 40 second place game right before you know after the semifinals before the national finals. Like, do you go home at night and watch those Bulls or no? It depends. Last night, the uh, there's a guy in my fantasy league who's decided to pretend he's a Penn State fan all of a sudden, because that's a bandwagon you want to jump on. You know, Are you talking about Stuardo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's been pretending for a while at least that he's a Penn State fan. Well, since he moved to Pennsylvania, yeah. And he'll defend. He'll defend Joe Pa. No question, right? Oh, he he defends Sandusky. Totally innocent. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say. I guess uh, he was on my fantasy. I guess I'll give it to Jordy Nelson because Jordy Nelson ends the season as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football, as an example. That's crazy. And, and considering considering he was you know out all of last year, and also the fact that Aaron Rodgers, you know, a lot of his turnaround has to be credited to Nelson because it was in Nelson's absence that Rodgers struggled so much last year. So mm-hmm. uh, Jordy Nelson led the league with 14 touchdown receptions, and so I guess uh, you know you can give it to him. But whatever, right. I don't care. My comeback player of the year is uh, Adam Jones. Um, he stayed out of trouble the whole year, and then he came back to jail <laughs> just yeah, exactly. today. Comeback yeah, player of the year, Pac-Man it's Jones. It's funny, because he did like four different things that he was arrested for, but the, the only one that's actually a felony is that he spat at a nurse in jail after he was arrested. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's assault with a – yeah, so um, bad job by uh, Pac-Man Jones. We call him Pac-Man again, right? He's not Adam anymore. Yeah, if you're in jail, you're Pac-Man again. You were, you were Adam when you were keeping yourself clean. Now, yeah. now don't you know spit in nurse's face? We're calling you Pac-Man. Yeah. Have you ever spat in someone's face or been spat into? Yes. <laughs> Which one? In ninth grade, there was a kid who used to spit at everybody. He uh, got expelled pretty like quickly. Yeah, into yeah. people's mouths also. <laughs> in my, oh, that's really gross. Yeah, that's gross. terrible. Um, yeah, I've never spat in anybody's face, but I've had my face spat into. Uh, once by a homeless guy on the subway who was actually uh, trying to spit at uh, my wife, and I took a bullet for her. Yeah. One of my proudest moments. Uh, a homeless guy started yelling at my wife. He called her uh, a white bitch and a devil uh, for no particular reason. She wasn't, you know, having a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, You're and saying so he's not wrong, but it was, it was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then um, I sort of put my body between the two of them because you know Look at uh, you. I figured that, would, that that was a chivalrous move. And then uh, and then he spat and uh, and so I took the brunt of that one. 
And then, the uh, problem once, is once you get the points for chivalry, but if he knocks you out, then you like lose a lot of man points, right? Like mean, the, knocks the you, like, yeah, if he would like punch people, you in the face. Homeless, homeless people are very scrawny. I, I, I could take most homeless people in a fight. Right, he's probably malnourished. That's a good point. The thing is, yeah, but they also they I mean, there's no holds barred with them, so I, you don't know what they're gonna do. I wouldn't recommend mm. getting into a fight with homeless. No, person. not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so what's the next award? The Rookie of the Year awards or? Yeah, we could do uh, we could do uh, rookie of the year, but you got to do defense first, I guess. Yeah, since we're right, really defense. going, there's really only two guys you can consider. There's Joey Bosa and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey's the guy who all year I thought the Cowboys should have taken instead of Zeke Elliott. Uh, if they did, I think they would be uh, have had a much better season. I mean, oh, obviously what a stupid thing. <laughs> but no, but they're, 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 their secondary is by far the weakest part of this team. They've been the number one rushing offense in the league the last three years, regardless of who they have as running back. But you, you know? understand if you gave them the option now to trade Zeke Elliott for for Jalen Ramsey, they would say no. Well, who's they? Jerry Jones would say no. If you He's if you pull thirty two for an offseason, He's the GM. If you pull thirty two NFL GMs, twenty eight of them would do that trade in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. All right, interesting take. Um, look, I mean, I guess like you look at like they have Morris and McFadden as their backup, so you just throw in like Darren, yeah, exactly. They were the number one. They were the number one receiver in the league by a mile. In Why is McFadden the most recognizable guy in the league? Like when he's in, you know, is it like the shoulder pads that they're so high? What's yeah, it? What is it about McFadden that you like? You when Zeke, you see him, Zeke it's Elliott like oh. also has the shoulder pads though. Yeah, but McFadden, like yeah. you see him, it's like oh, that's McFadden. Yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, so Joey Bosa didn't play a full season. His impact was so huge, but um. I don't know. Uh, it was it was Bosa in the middle of the year. I think by the end of the year it was Ramsey. So I'll give it to Bosa over Ramsey. Uh, just yeah, you can coin have toss. Impact. Yeah, you can have more impact. I think uh, rushing the quarterback. You know, Ramsey will be a guy who will shut down half the field for the next six years. Uh, but Bosa will uh, be causing havoc on quarterbacks for a while. And it's really sort of those those dynamic guys who can both uh, rush the rush the, pass, the passer and play the run game that have become sort of the elite defensive players. You know, like the Von Millers, the uh, Aaron Donalds, guys like that. And I think Bosa is definitely the next one in that uh, in that group. Yeah, I'll give it to Bosa, but it it doesn't. Either one is yeah. totally fine. All right, and offense obviously it's Zeke, right? I mean, I shouldn't say obviously. There's a lot of contenders. Obviously, there's Prescott, there's Wentz, even there's Jordan Howard on the Bears, Michael Thomas on the Saints. What about what uh, about the Titans yeah, tackle? He's really good. Yeah, yeah. Tech, Conklin. He was really really good, and obviously the Titans running game was was elite all year. Yeah, I go uh, Dak from, Prescott here. Oh really? You give it to him over Zeke? I think I give it to him over Zeke. I just I, it just we've seen this song before from like. DeMarco Murray, and I just think that almost anybody, like, obviously, you got to stay healthy. But first of all, Elliot got much worse as the season went on because they overused him, which isn't totally his fault. But um, I, I just think that we've seen Cowboys running backs have ridiculous years. Their offensive line would lead anybody. Yeah. To, you I mean, know. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to give it to Zeke. Uh, you know, statistically, he was the, the second best running back in the league after David Johnson. Um, although, you know, Le'Veon Bell missed up. Uh, Four games between his three game suspension and then resting a week. Although Zeke also rested at week seventeen. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, coach of the year. It's uh, it's it's either Garrett or Belichick, right? Or do you want to go Del Rio? Maybe. I think I would actually go Gaze. I mean, he took such an uninspiring team to the playoffs. God, well, we have name me a good win they had all year. All right, they beat the Steelers at home. That's it. They barely I mean, beat crappy teams like the Rams. And, and, there are and, no and good teams the in the NFL. Like literally, the playoffs is filled with crappy teams. It's an insane argument. Well, the playoffs are filled with crappy teams. We'll get to that in a second. The playoffs are filled with crappy teams because all the good teams, all the teams that are like above average teams are out of the playoffs and they were replaced by garbage teams because of schedule luck and, you know, uh, you know the Dolphins. Um, well, yeah, the NFL NIT this year would definitely be the most competitive of all time, right? Cardinals, Panthers, Titans, if yeah, they had so Mariota. There's, there's, I make my power rankings every week. 
Uh, and then I also I look at uh, two statistical power rankings, DVOA and, uh, and FPI, Football Power Index. But Football Power Index of the top 12, which would be ostensibly the playoff teams, five of those teams are not in the playoffs, which is kind of crazy, right? That ba- it's basically mm-hmm. 50-50. The, uh, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Bengals are all playoff caliber teams according to FBI. If you want to bring DVOA into this, then you have to add the Eagles and uh, Washington and the Ravens. And so all of those teams are better than – I mean, listen to how bad these playoff teams are. Houston, who I have 26 in my power rankings, DVOA has them 29. Houston is the fourth worst team in the league. But uh, how many – do you have someone – what do you have in the division over them? Tennessee and Indy are better than them in the division? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Houston okay. and Jacksonville are, 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 are head to – Houston's the worst team in their division according to DVOA. I, I think they're a smidge better than Jacksonville. But they're basically – By the way, Mari- if Mariota is healthy and they win that Week 16 game and they make the playoffs – Yeah. I mean that you know he he would win then they 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 probably beat the Raiders and that would be really exciting. Yeah, yeah I mean everyone's going to be jumping all over the Titans for next year. I mean Mariota in a look, good line that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean look they would go into New England and get killed the next week anyway, but it would have oh, would have sure. made the that's first right. game less terrible than it was. Yeah, okay. but um, yeah, so Houston, Houston's one of the worst teams we've ever had in the playoffs. Uh, Detroit number twenty seven in DVOA, number twenty six in FPI. Uh, so Detroit's one of the worst five or six teams in the league. Uh, they are in the playoffs for some reason. You think Detroit's one of the worst five or six teams in the NFL, according to both DVOA and FPI, according to every statistical analysis? Yes, I'm not buying it. They have they have the third to worst defense in the league. They have like the second or third worst running game in the league. They're a terrible team. They're not to name me a thing they do well. Remember, they remember how many wins they pulled out of their butt. Both Vikings games they won because of a, Mike, a Vikings missed field goal and a crazy comeback. You reverse either one of those, they're out of the playoffs, and that's just two games. Forget about all their other lucky wins that are. All right, I, hope you, I hope you think Seattle's going to destroy them this week. Well, the thing is, Seattle has been so unimpressive, including against bad teams. I mean, Seattle just lost at home to Arizona two weeks ago. I mean, right? you have to, you also have to mention that until the last couple weeks of the season, Detroit every single game they played was close. Like even their losses were close too. Yeah, but they were. Well, no, like they no, went to Green no, Bay, they lost a close game. They lost to the Titans by one. They lost close games. Yeah, but they, they got blown out by the Giants and the Cowboys, who were the two best teams in the conference, in my opinion. Oh my God! Don't give me okay. So let's get to the Giants. And the Giants are another team that don't serve in the playoffs. 18th according to FPI. The Giants are not a good team. The Vikings are a better team than the Giants. They played. The Vikings killed them. Statistically, the Giants are a worse team. The Giants are not a good team. They have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. They 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 have one of the worst running games in the league. Their offense is one is one thing, which is Odell Beckham Jr. And receivers dependent on a quarterback getting him the ball. Their defense is good, but there's a million teams with good defenses that aren't in the playoffs with bad offenses, whether it's Denver, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Baltimore, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. Arizona even. Um, the Giants are another crappy team. I think we're so desperate to find a good game in week one that we're all pumping ourselves up on the Giants. But uh, the Giants stink. And then, you know, the only reason that there's not more talk about how bad the Giants are, again, is because we have Detroit and Houston, two of the worst playoff teams we've ever seen. Plus we have Miami, who's a below-average team. And then plus we have Oakland, who uh, without their quarterback is a below-average team. So, but um, wait, hold on. We were talking about awards. Let's get back to awards for a second. Right, so defensive player of the year and then MVP. Okay, wait. So, Coach, so so you're going with Adam Gaze because I'll go uh, with the Gaze. Dolphins. No, I mean, I'll, I'll go with Belichick. But if you want to do like a non-Belichick, like the same way Popovich could win it most years, like... I'll, I'll give yeah. it to Belichick, and Gaze would be my second. Does, does Belichick have to get a deduction for that letter he sent to uh, Donald Trump? Not that he supported Donald Trump, but the fact that he wrote a letter that sounded like it was written by Donald Trump. I mean, it's a, I still can't imagine how that was actually written. It, it just It's incredible to read. Maybe he'll be asked about it uh, media day in you know Super Bowl, and he'll ignore it and stare a bullet through the guy. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Jason Garrett, who I still don't think is a good coach, but you know they lost their starting quarterback, and they won 14 games, so... 
Yeah, I know. I have no problem with Garrett, uh, but his team is just loaded beyond belief. All right, so defensive player of the year, who do you have? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, but he fell off at the end of the year. Uh, really, the best player, I think, was probably Aaron Donald, but people don't like to give it to someone on such an, like, an execrable team. Yeah, I mean, you have to be, like, you know, you would never give, to, you know, you talked about Khalil Mack. The Raiders have a bad defense. You would never give the MVP, or excuse me, the Offensive Player of the Year to a quarterback of a team on a really bad offense. So Khalil Mack, I think, has to be disqualified. He's a great player, but his defense isn't great. To me, it's Von Miller. Uh, you know, you can, you can make arguments for a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, the Broncos missing the playoffs probably hurts him, even though it shouldn't because it's an individual award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I give it to Von Miller. I mean, it's, it, it's like the, when you play them, it's the only thing you have to be wary of at this point. You know, I mean, the receivers have slipped and the quarterback's not good and the line's shaky and the secondary's good. But, you know, I mean, it's like he's a game wrecker. When you see him, you're like, oh, shoot. I, it's like every play is a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're hating on the receivers. They had two 1,000-yard receivers, and considering how bad their quarterback is, that's pretty no, they're impressive. Yeah, no, the receiver, Demary Thomas is a really good player. I just, it, it, they're just not, with with the passing game, it's not something that you lose sleep over. Like, oh my gosh, Trevor Simeon's going to shred us tomorrow. I mean, how many teams had, uh, you know, multiple 1,000-yard receivers? It was, it was Oakland, it was Denver, it was New Orleans, it was Green Bay, or actually, no, I'm looking, Devontae Adams had 997, so not even Green Bay. Uh, anybody else? I think that's about it. And the Vikings, if you you combine all of their receivers, I think had 1,000 yards. No, they had two 900-yard receivers. They had Thielen was at 967. Mm. uh, And and then uh, Stefan Diggs was at 903. Diggs uh, missed three games, though. So... um, All right, do you like the separating the Offensive Player of the Year and the MVP? Because who cares about Offensive Player of the Year? Well, yes. I mean, to me, the Offensive Player of the Year should be unanimous. It's not even close. And it's a player who should not be in the MVP consideration. And the fact that he's not going to win Offensive Player of the Year is going to annoy me. Um, and you know, because as you said, they're sort of treated. Are you the saying same David Johnson? Cause that's who I have. It's not close. It has to be David Johnson. David Johnson yeah, had a historical season, an unprecedented season. The only reason we didn't pay attention to it is because the Cardinals, you know, laid an egg. But, um, you know, if you play fantasy, you certainly, now, to be because- fair, he was only, he was better than, than Zeke, but not like ridiculously better than Zeke. In my opinion, I mean, he had over, he had over 3,100 yards. He, yeah. he had, he had 320 something more yards than Zeke. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. And Zeke had the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. He had 80 receptions for 900 yards. He had 20 touchdowns. You know, he led the league in touchdowns. He led the league in yards from scrimmage by a mile. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way. I all right, know. so we're giving to the same guy. Yeah, he had 2,100 yards from scrimmage. Give me your top four for MVP. Are you? For, let's talk about MVP. Are you going with the four quarterbacks if you, if you had to pick four guys? I mean, you're not throwing uh, David Johnson in there. He was on a bad team. How could you give him the MVP? Yeah, well, and I think I think the Cowboys guys split it. So, like, are you going with Brady Rogers, Carn Ryan? Would that be your top four? No, Derek Carr is no, he's not in my top four because he's not even he's. I have him as the number seven uh, quarterback on the season by by Chester quarterback ranking. Why does some? Why do you think some things like QBR despises Carr, but some metrics like him? Um, yeah, well. You know, you you know my opinion about David Carr after the rookie season. And obviously, I've been proven wrong. He's a good quarterback, but you can't call mm-hmm. him an MVP. Uh, we saw how much worse Oakland is without him there. But you know, that's an indictment of Oakland for failing to get a good backup quarterback. Yeah, his value isn't higher because his team, how his team put their team together, is irresponsible. Yeah, um, yeah. But to me, Derek Carr, you, the, there's a bunch of quarterbacks who are better than him. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, frankly, uh, uh, Drew Brees. Uh, you know, Stafford. So, 
Ben Roethlisberger was just as good as Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. No, Stafford. Stafford's another guy who was very overrated because uh, because his team got some wins. Uh, Mariota was was pretty close to Carr, although Mariota really slowed down at the end of the year before he got injured. Um, so to, to me, Derek Carr is not in the competition. Aaron Rodgers is in the competition. Obviously, you can't say no when a guy has forty four touchdowns. But uh, to me, the fact that the Packers only won ten again that's an indictment. And 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 he looked pretty weak the first half of the year. Now you could say that about Russell Wilson last year, who then turns it on in the second half. Rodgers has been the best quarterback for the last six, eight weeks. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, to me, the MVP is really between two guys. It's between Brady and Ryan. Okay. And who do you got? I'm going to give it to Brady. 28 touchdowns to two. I mean, it's a philosophical question, right? Like, cumulatively, you know, uh, Ryan provides more value in 16 games than Brady did in 12. I think it's hard to argue. But was Ryan, But you could argue, like, oh, but, you know, Brady was so good in 12 games that the other four games barely mattered. Like, had the Patriots gone one and three... You know, they're not but the also, one seed, but I think they are the, the two seed, right? But hold on. Uh, Tom Brady and Matt Ryan both won 11 games this year. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Brady did it in four games fewer. So you say, well, he, you know, Ryan added more value in 16 games. Well, they both gave their teams, you know, contributed to 11 victories. Uh, look, if you want to give it to Ryan, I won't object. He had, you know, f- f- just short of 5,000 yards. Uh, second in the league in, uh, in touchdown passes to Rodgers, obviously. Uh, his Chester quarterback ranking, 106.1. Brady's is 106.9. So they're really, yeah. really close. And when they're that close and a guy plays you know, 25% more of a season, I'll understand if you want to give it to, yeah. to Ryan. He beat, he uh, beat to- Brady in passer rating and QBR. His yards per attempt is in a, it'll be like just ridiculous 9.3. Yeah, that's, it's very, very high. And, and he did it again without Julio Jones for two and a half games, which is a credit. Right. Uh, you know, it reminds me of 2004. Right. Although to his, had that to his... To his credit, like, he has Julio Jones for 13 and a half games. Like, Edelman's a nice player, but the Patriots don't have anybody on the planet of Julio Jones. Yeah, but he, two of his best games of the year were when Julio didn't play. Yeah. Now, they were against San Francisco. I mean, it was against garbage teams, but still. Right, but uh, and, and he turned guys like Taylor Gabriel into stars who, who you know, get cut from the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, the bottom line is I'm fine giving it to Brady uh, mm-hmm. or Ryan. Aaron Rodgers had as many turnovers as Brady and Ryan combined. Right, so, and still and, very know, few. Well, yeah, he only had 11. But, um, you know, Tom Brady, by the way, uh, only starting quarterback in the league, did not lose a single fumble all year. So in the Chester quarterback ranking, I, I combined both interceptions and fumbles because, you know, they both matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Brady was sacked less than any other quarterback in the league all year, which obviously a big part of that has to do with his offensive line. But, you know, there's a reason the best quarterbacks, you know, every single year Peyton Manning would be sacked less than any quarterback in the NFL. You know, I was and watching, I was watching part of the Patriots-Dolphins game. He's just getting the rid of the ball so quickly, like the camera can barely keep up with him. It's crazy. Yeah. They say that then Rodgers, you know, he's got the Bakhtiari who's on a fantastic left tackle. And they say that Rodgers is actually holding the ball like all all day. Like he's well, the opposite they, of Brady. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things like Barnwell and others on Twitter have complained about is whenever like people show the stat, like a, a guy's quarterback ranking when he gets rid of the ball in less than three seconds versus, you know, his quarterback ranking when he holds the ball for more than four seconds. Mm-hmm. Like for every single player in the league, it's way, way lower. The longer you hold the ball, the worse outcome for every quarterback in the league. And the one exception is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit Roethlisberger. But, yeah, because they have the ability to, you know, especially Rodgers, to, you know, he just hangs out, hangs out, hangs out, hangs out, and then eventually one of his receivers gets open. Mm-hmm. Look, All Rogers, right, so you are Rogers going with – you're going with – Brady, I'm going with Ryan, but we agree to disagree. Not a big deal. As long as it's one of those two, I'm happy. I will be okay. really annoyed if somebody else – Oh, no, it, Ryan is winning. Oh, let, let's, let's, uh, let's make it quite clear. Ryan's getting almost every vote. The the media uh, gen- the, no 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 for sure the media I mean Brady will definitely get a few votes. Ro- well, the problem is you have Rogers won't get more than one. 
You have some of the Bill Plaskies in the media who are like, you know, out there to get Brady because of deflation. Yeah, so those guys will vote for Ryan, but I, the, the media for the last bunch of years is really ends up settling on one candidate. Yeah. All right. I got no, I got no major problem with that. All right. So is it time uh, to discuss the uh, the four games we have this weekend? Yeah. Let's talk about the let's talk about the playoff games. I mean, we could spend less time on that than we did on like. Uh, oh, you know what we didn't mention? Maybe it's a little late yeah. now. Let's uh, let me plug the uh, the pool of pools that you're not in. Send me an email if you're interested in that. That's uh, twelve pools. Okay, this 12 is getting months. edited out of the podcast. So uh, no, don't, don't, don't edit it out. No, don't think that you can advertise for a pool that I'm not a part of. Why not? Why not? No. Who cares? Nope. You could advertise. Nope. You start nope. your own pool. Can I advertise for the playoff pool? Yeah, oh, the playoff the celebrity pool. thing. Okay, so uh, so let's plug the uh, NFL playoff pool. We got three pools. It's uh, playoff survivor, playoff uh, fantasy, which is just TDs, and playoff confidence. Three cool pools, all for the well. I won't say price on the podcast, but if gambling was legal, it would be for a price. Um, and. Uh, I, you know, hit me up. I, here's my idea. What do you think about this idea? The biggest celebrity that joins the pool gets to join for free. <laughs> Meaning, if you're like, Tom Cruise wants to be in the pool, he can be in it for free. Now, Tom Cruise is not going to be in it, but it's like, but, no, but no, I no, think no. the no rule is, no, I'm putting okay, uh, don't, don't, don't go against religion. You're going to be like the dirtbag left all of a sudden. You're throwing people out based on the religion. So I thought it's not a religion. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, ask your taxes. It is a religion, according to tax papers. Um... I think that, uh, but no reality, no, no reality people, because obviously we could get reality people. So if you're involved with reality TV, I mean, I guess if you're like Donald Trump and you're involved with reality TV, you could be in the pool. Yeah, I like, what if you're the well, executive well, Wait, is Trump allowed in the pool? Show. Is Trump allowed in the pool? Do you let Trump in? He could be in the pool. It would be cool. Because the winner gets um, to come on the podcast. Um, the want Donald Trump in the pool? Yeah, yeah. No, he's welcome then, on the podcast. I, well, no, well, we can't promise like a smooth ride, you know. Well, no. The reason I say no is because Donald Trump famously does not pay uh, money when he owes it, so he will not pay the dues. Well, what so, if we make him well, pay up front? Saying, oh, well, I thought you were saying he gets to come in for free, though. Yeah, he's for free. Um, but uh, but if a bigger celebrity, I'm not sure like who like who'd be bigger than him. If like the Pope wants to be in our gambling pool, or like by hand size, or like how are we judging size? No, by uh, we just we decide the celebrity. So if if you know a celebrity they want to join, they can be in. But if someone beats them, they get, they're out, or they have to pay. Um, but no reality TV people because we have too many people with too much easy access to reality TV people. Um, all right, fine. So that's fun. Uh, but if you're you're not a celebrity and you just want to join, uh, email me or Chester or tweet me or whatever. Yeah. By the way, the one other thing we have to get to uh, before we uh, get into previewing this week's games is the 32 fans pick and pool, which actually is a pool that we can discuss on this podcast. Uh, in the semifinals. Mike Clark, who had the uh, league's best defense all season long, who had taken down you, the one seed, in the previous round of the playoffs, mm. his defense was so good this week that he uh, shut down himself. He uh, inf- he forgot to make his picks, and he gets eliminated. Is that crazy? Oh, did he? One of did four he? People left. Did he tell you why he forgot to make his picks? No, he just emailed me Sunday night, and he's like, "Oh my god, crap! I cannot believe this. I forgot to make my picks." And I hadn't even oh. bothered to check to make sure everybody's making their picks because I thought, like, you know... Yeah, by the way, a good commish would have noticed. I mean, you might not have noticed till after one of the clock games. I'm sure it would have been too late, but a good commish would have noticed. I would have noticed. Is it my job to notify him, though? Because maybe that's unfair to his opponent. Although his no, opponent no, no, no. wanted to win fair and square. Y- yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone wants to win fair and square. No, no, I always... In, in all of our pools, I... If someone hasn't picked, it's like five minutes before the deadline, I send an email. So you think as commissioner, I should have notif- no- noticed before the games and then told mm. I mean, ideally, but certainly after the one o'clock games, you should have noticed. Yeah, I mean, by oh, that point, it would have been too late. Yeah. So, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. 
Yeah. So so anyway, so we got 14 seed Jonathan Shapiro against 15 seed Emily Easterly, mm-hmm. and uh, here's the here's the fun little wrinkle because they are the the championship in our pool is mm. the 11 playoff games. So they have to oh. predict the 11 playoff games. Okay. And and if they are tied in all 11 games because they were tied on the season coming into the playoffs. Yeah. What's the tiebreaker? Did we do we make a tiebreaker for that? No, I, I hate when there's artificial tiebreakers. If they're tied, they split the pool. So, so what's the what's the fun wrinkle? Oh, just the fact that uh, that we could have a tie. Oh, that's not fun. <laughs> a tie's like kissing well, your sister, which I mean, I guess do whatever for you. It's yeah. um okay. So let's let's get into the games. <laughs> what was that? Gotta, I don't know. Drive you have a, you have a sister, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've never yeah. met your sister. Was she at that wedding? I didn't meet her at all. She was at my brother's. Yes, my sister was at my brother's wedding. I don't know. Maybe there's like family drama. You're in the family. I feel like you could have torn the whole <laughs> thing apart. Yeah. Um. But um, by the way, at Emily and Jonathan, I hope you guys aren't going to hedge your bet, like split, you know, play to win, right? Yeah, there's not enough money in that pool. But but the winner gets to be on the podcast. I'd like to know what they're – I mean, it's possible, like, neither of them is even slightly interested in being on the podcast. But if they are, they, they, they have a slot for their own show. I know Michael Clark, who lost in the semifinals – um, was going to talk about the 1998 Yankees for the whole time, which uh, maybe God, you know, made him forget to uh, pick, so we wouldn't have to do yeah. that. Um, but also, my- Michael might be suspended from the podcast for his uh, audio issues when we had him on to discuss the Patriots in the preseason. It's um, not suspended from the podcast. Well, I don't know. He's got a. Close you're you're suspended we- from the podcast. I know, anyway, I wasn't ready. Um, so if, if Jonathan or Emily are listening, uh, let us know what your topic is, or if you're not interested in coming on, if you win. Um, but well, it could be anything. Yeah. No, but, but it'll yeah, be funny rules. to like root against if one of them is like really boring or, or interesting or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So let's get to these games. Uh, the let's first go game chronologically. Yeah. Which is also the order of goodness of the games. Well, I guess you could swap a uh, two and three maybe. But clearly the worst game of the week, a game that nobody wants to watch. I'm, in fact, I'm not going to watch this game. Mm. You're not going to Shakey's Pizza? Oh, sorry. Wrong podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Houston favored at home against Oakland. Kind of crazy. Mm. Um, Houston just lost to a, to a Tennessee team that had nothing to play for. And, and, didn't have their, and had Matt Castle. Yeah. Brock Osweiler has been announced as the starter for this game. I don't want to talk about this game. I don't want to have a guest talk about this game. I don't want to think about this game. The winner of this game will be murdered by New England. They'll probably be like 17-point underdogs in the second round. If forced to make a pick, I, I guess I'll pick Oakland just because, I, you know, they won 12 games. I have to mention at some point it wasn't just a one-person man, a one person team, but mm-hmm. who knows. What about you? you have anything to say about this game? No, I, we spent the entire year joking about that this ESPN 435 game is going to be abysmal, right? Yeah, and this even is worse even worse than our wildest imaginations. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, I will watch it, although I'm not committing to watching the whole thing. You know, yeah, uh, like maybe the second half, or maybe I'll fall asleep because uh, it's late here in the first half, and I'll watch the rest of the morning. There's just no outcome that I, the problem is like who cares? It no, like if it's exciting the fourth quarter, I have no problem watching it, but I have no stakes in it at all, other than gambling stakes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and I'm like a, I'm a crazy person with gambling. I don't I don't need to watch the end of the game. Like it's you know I'm like Billy Bean. You know on the tread, except I'm not on the bike. Billy Bean in like a dark clubhouse on the exercise bike doesn't need to watch the playoffs because like his stuff doesn't work in the playoffs. I don't I don't need to watch my gambling picks. I even fantasy football. I don't I try not to pay attention to what my team is doing during the day of fantasy football because it ruins my football watching. Does that make any sense to you? 
Yeah. Again, I think the problem here is that neither one of these teams has any chance to do anything. Yeah, I'm saying who cares? It's, it's like who's right. going to get annihilated by the Patriots or even the, or even the the Chiefs next week. Well, that would require the Dolphins winning, but yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, that's uh, what you think that's not possible. Uh, it's pretty close to impossible. We'll okay. Get, all right. So let's get to that. Well, okay. So then uh, the second game of the week. Not much better. Seattle, Detroit, as as we already discussed, Detroit, one of the worst teams to make the playoffs in a long time. The only saving grace is that Seattle has looked really mediocre in a bunch of games, including against a bunch of bad teams. But uh, you know, they they still went seven and one this year at home. They're you know, this game might be closer than it deserves to be, but there's no mm-hmm. chance that the that the, that the Lions are going to win. No, the Seahawks are going to win. I do think that the Seahawks will probably be blown out next week by either of the home teams, though. I strongly disagree with that. I think that the well, Seahawks it's not either. It's year, if they win, then they play in Atlanta. So there's no either. But also for them. the Se- the Seahawks are a team all year that has performed to the level of their opponent. They've looked bad. But they, they've also had a few clunkers. Teams. Yeah, but those are mostly against bad teams. And they haven't been great on the road all year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I still think Seattle's going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, listen, it wouldn't blow my mind, but this is not the same quality team. They won three road games all year. Yeah, are we making those picks right now or no? Well, I'm not going to – we can't make picks. I'm in like 20 pools where, you know, I don't want to make picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll make picks. I don't care. I'll make picks. Who cares? Wait, wait. What? Do, who did you pick in the first game again? Are you picking Oakland or Houston? I'm picking Oakland in that first game. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely taking the points because it's a toss-up. And, oh, yeah. All right. So in yeah. game two in, – in game two, uh, I'm going to take the points again. I think it will be close, but uh, Seattle's going to win. Yeah, see, I have Seattle winning that game, but I mean, if they lost twenty-four nothing, wouldn't surprise me. They're so up and down. Wow. I mean, listen, they just have so many bet. Like they scored six points against the Cardinals. They scored five points against the Bucks. They scored three points against the Rams. Like twelve against the Dolphins. They just had so many games this year where they didn't show up at all. Yeah, but again, those were all against bad teams for whatever reason. Although we said the Lions are a bad team. I don't believe it. that's like Bill Simmons mumbo jumbo, like playing down to your opponent. I don't. I, I don't believe that happens a lot. Happened to happen with this team this year. I don't know the reason for it. I'm not. I'm not saying that it, there's necessarily some kind of predictive. Yeah, I'm saying that's a small sample size. I'm not. I don't buy it. I never buy that stuff. Yeah, it might not have predictive value. Yeah, that's fair. And again, they the, they got destroyed. Like in their in the last month, they killed the Rams, and they got killed by the Packers. That seems like yeah, it's they, playing up and down to your opponents. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Packers game is the exception to that. That's true. Okay, Akiva, let's bring in a, uh, a neutral party to adjudicate this. So uh, returning to the podcast for at least his third time, maybe more, is uh, your former roommate, Josh Gresham. Josh, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. So, you know, you're, you're a Seahawks fan, obviously. Uh, Akiva and I have been talking about how this entire weekend of games really sucks, and, and your game is part of the problem. Uh, statistically, the Lions are one of the five or six worst teams in the NFL and, and by far the worst team in the playoffs in the NFC. Problem is that the that the Seahawks have sort of had a habit of playing down to their competition. Akiva dismissed me when I said that he doesn't really believe in that concept. But you know, you lost to the Rams. You um, you barely beat the 49ers last week. Uh, you lost at home to the Cardinals the week before. So, but then this is the same team that goes into New England and wins. So, and, and given that, plus sort of Detroit's pension for every game coming down to the wire, is this going to be a game that that the Seahawks are going to win like by two or three points, or are they going to blow Detroit out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a one score game, probably within seven. Um, I. I do think the Seahawks will win just because they're at home. Um, I would not be as confident if they were on the road. Um, but I would say like the bigger concern for me, the offense is more the defense. They have not looked the same uh, since Earl Thomas got hurt. 
I think I saw a stat today that they've gone from allowing before that, I think they were allowing 17 points per game. And then after that, they've been allowing like 30 or something like that. So, so that's my bigger concern more than the offense. Um, you know, their offense scores in bunches, the Seahawks, but they they certainly don't sustain too many drives because and it really comes down to their offensive line. But I don't think the Lions have anyone who can punish them in the same way that a lot of those teams that they've played do. But this is the offense that also that scored, you know, five points against Tampa and three points against L.A., ten points against the Packers, twelve points against Miami. Yeah, oh, they're... I'm, they certainly have their. Uh, they've certainly had their duds this year. They they've really been a schizophrenic team this year. They score thirty or they score ten or below. Um, one thing from following the team pretty closely is that they usually uh, are in the biggest trouble when they have when a team has interior like good interior rushers. Um, their guards are absolute garbage this year. Their tackles are bad too, but. Um, but their guards are even worse. So like the Cardinals, for instance, like when they have Calais Campbell who comes in, he just absolutely destroys them. Um, which is, even though they scored 30, I think they scored 31, um, the other week against them, they didn't score anything. And they had like a field goal in the first half. Um, so it's like they, they score in bunches, but they, they're, it's the interior of the line just gets wrecked against certain teams. And I think that the Lions, you know, I hope, listen, I hope that they don't, I don't think they have the personnel that really um, ruins them, but they can't run the ball this year. So anything can happen in games where you have to rely on on throwing. All right. And what do you think? Uh, I told Akiva, I, I think the Seahawks can go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think part of it is they don't have to play. You know, you said you wouldn't feel as confident on the road, but their road games are going to be, at Atlanta or possibly at the Cowboys next week. And neither one of those can scare you that much, right? Or at home against the Packers or the Giants or whoever. Please, you know. please don't even say uh, that. People are really high on the Giants. Um, I don't know why their offense sucks, but... Um, I, well, I mean, we've, we've seen this before. We've seen a shitty yeah. Giants team with a shitty Eli Manning suddenly magically, uh, you know... I like how everyone thinks that because they did that twice means that has any bearing on what they can do on this year. Like, oh, you're absolutely right. So stupid. Um, You know, it's happened. So all I'm saying is, like, you don't really, you know, I don't. I think the NFC is pretty wide open. Um, Unlike the AFC, where like if the Pats don't win, it would be a huge upset if they don't go to the Super Bowl. The Seahawks have proven this year they can beat anybody, but they also have proven they can lose to anybody. So it's it's like so hard to be confident in them. Um, I think Wilson is is you know that one Green Bay NFC Championship game notwithstanding is a pretty big time playoff quarterback. Um, and, and his game at Green Bay this year obviously was atrocious. Oh, it's some maybe it's just something about Green Bay. I don't really know, but he. You know, and so if if they're home, even even home against Green Bay in the championship game, I can't say I'd be all that confident. Um, especially that means because that would mean Green Bay has two more wins under their belt against actual you know good teams. Um, but like, listen, could they go? Yeah, I'm not. This is the lowest expectation I've had of them. Um, you know, since Russell Wilson got there. Uh, apparently, if, if you think they're going to struggle to beat the Lions this week. So who, who would you, if you had to pick an NFC uh, Super Bowl entrant right now, who would you pick? Honestly, I think like the, the Packers are, are, are pretty terrifying right now just because any, you know, w- with Rodgers playing the way he's playing. And it doesn't, like every team has a pretty big flaw to it. And so, yeah, like Packers defense isn't that good. But, 
you know what, if you can put up 35, like, does it really matter? And I don't think there's too many teams that can stop them. Probably the Cowboys are the favorite, obviously, because they're the one seed, and so they get to play two home games um, if that if it comes to that. But the Packers would be the team that scares me the most. All right. Well, I can't say I wish you luck uh, after what you yeah. did in the wild card last year. But, I mean, I do want to see Seattle win just because the Lions are such a garbage team. And, and I think that the top four in the NFC would make a very good next weekend to make up for the bad games this weekend. Listen, I think I think the, the Seahawks will win, and I think it won't be – I don't think – you know, even if it's like a seven – seven-ish point game i don't think it'll feel that close i think it's one of those games where the seahawks will be in control most of the time because i really i think the lions suck it's not because i think the seahawks are that good i think it's because the lions suck yeah well i agree with you there all right joshua thanks for coming on and uh good luck on on saturday night all right thanks have a good one okay bye-bye continuing along with this garbage game run we have the steelers who everybody is anointed as a super bowl contender just because you need somebody else in the afc Mm mm-hmm they're playing the Dolphins. Right, this would be like the sixth seed a lot of years, and we'd be like, oh, this is just not a good Steelers team. Yeah. The Dolphins are probably about the 18th or 19th best team in the league, and that's with Ryan Tannehill. So, with Matt Moore. I don't think Moore's, I don't think Moore's a big downgrade from Tannehill. I think Moore's fine. Really? So you, so you think that the Dolphins would be 9-point underdogs in this game, regardless of who their quarterback was? No, but it doesn't move more than a point, point and a half max. So, so you think they would have been 8-point underdogs? See, to me, I think it moves but, the, but I also think the spread is insane. I think it's too big. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers haven't been great. And the Dolphins did beat the Steelers again. Their only good win the entire season. I'm not sure why the Steelers are favored by so much. I think, again, people are a little bit because they're a public team and a little bit because people are so desperate for there to be uh, some good team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, so this is the third game in a row I'm going to pick the underdog. Uh, that, that will change as we get to the next game. I promise you that. But uh, it's another game where I'm going to take the points just because it seems like a lot. But there's, there's no way I can see the uh, Steelers losing this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close, but I'll pick the Steelers by a point. Dolphins definitely cover. Oh, wow. So you, so you think these teams are next? Oh, yeah. Listen, I've been wow. on the Dolphins bandwagon since, uh, since the summer of 2015. Why would I get off now? That is true. Don't, don't point out that I've gotten off already. <laughs> All right. Okay, Akiva. So let's bring in a uh, a non-neutral observer to give us their opinion on this one. Um, we are. I would expect. Uh, hold on. Sorry, the uh, Timberwolves just uh, Ricky Rubio just hit a three at the buzzer to send this game to overtime. Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> uh, no Ricky Rubio. Uh, I'm watching the uh, Timberwolves 76ers game, a uh, game of real winners, as this is happening. And uh, when Ricky Rubio hits a shot, you got to uh, stop and appreciate because it it's a rare occasion, especially at the buzzer. But um, all right, back to what we we're talking about. So, Akiva, let's bring a uh, Dolphins fan on. I say Dolphins fan because I imagine that uh, he won't get a chance to come on next week again, whereas the Steelers fan probably has at least one more shot. So we have Mike Woodburn here to talk about the Dolphins. Uh, Mike, you know, you're flying under the radar a little bit, the Dolphins, as sort of a a, a mediocre, crappy, possibly undeserving playoff team because there's so many of them this year. There's obviously Houston is a worse team. Detroit's a worse team. uh, Oakland, uh, without Derek Carr, might be a worse team as well. So the Dolphins slide in there, and, and nobody's really sort of disrespecting them as much as they possibly should. But this is a team that you, you look at their schedule. The only impressive win they had the entire season was, uh, conveniently enough, uh, against this week's opponent, the Steelers. Um, you know, that was the 30-15 to 15 game back in October. Other than that, you don't have a single win all year against a good team. You don't have a win all year even, you know, by more than a touchdown. And um, whereas, you know, you've been on the wrong side of a bunch of blowouts. Obviously, last week against the Patriots was pretty bad. But um, a few weeks before that against Baltimore, the game that at the time you lost, it looked like you were probably, you know, that was an elimination game. So the Dolphins are here, but it hasn't been that impressive of a season. And um, so tell me, how do you feel about having made the playoffs? Are you sort of or is your attitude? You know what? We'll take it anyway. We can get it. 
Well, uh, both. I, I do agree, you know, I'll take it any way I can get it, but I actually would disagree that it's not really been an impressive run. Um, the reason I say that is I've, I've watched this team, this crappy, crappy team. Oh, my for, God. The Sixers oh. just hit. <laughs> there was one second to go, and the Sixers hit an alley-oop at that buzzer. Oh, the actual buzzer. So, Tim Rose loose. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. So, uh, <laughs> what I was saying is I disagree in the fact that, you know, they're not impressive wins, or it's not an impressive season, or it's not an impressive run for the playoffs. I- I've watched this team for a long time, and I've seen them play down to their opponents, play up to their opponents, but um, primarily I've seen them absolutely never, never be able to finish a game. And this year, with the first-year head coach, Adam Gase, for the first time, with, with a roster that I think is deprived of talent from top to bottom, uh, they're finishing games. They're playing close games. You know, they, uh, they actually had two decisive wins, thank you very much, not just the one. Uh, they had the Steelers, you know, the 30-15, to 15, oh, the whatever that the was. Jets. Sorry, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. The, the <laughs> mighty, mighty Jets. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. I forgot. I, my apologies. No, no, I'm joking. Um... So yeah, I mean yeah, we're 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 playing close games and you know we're winning close games. We're also losing some close games. You know, last uh, couple days ago when we played the Patriots, um, the scoreboard makes it look worse than it is. You know, we were down twenty to nothing and then we came back twenty to fourteen. We were driving down the field, you know, to make it a one score game, and you know the Patriots do what they do. They close the game. You know, they won. Yada yada yada. But every game this year uh, has been. They they fought hard, and it's something that I haven't seen this team do in a long, long time. So, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, we're not a strong, strong contender for the for the, really even winning one playoff game. But this team is different in the terms of uh, I've seen them win things that they never would have in past years. Well, let me ask you another question. Is there any chance Ryan Tannehill is going to play in this game? Yeah, you know, there is a chance. Um, it comes down to really if he's going to actually practice this week, which I think he is. Um, he's been rehabbing like crazy, and he's he's making a good case for himself. But my personal opinion, I think Adam Gase is going to sit him and play it safe, you know, not to ruin anything for the offseason or next year. Uh, so I think we're going to roll with Matt Moore, but, but there is a chance. All right, so you're saying there is a chance. Uh, Vegas does not seem to think so. Vegas has this... <laughs> As a uh, a nine point spread, which is the biggest spread of the week, and Yikes. that's even you know even bigger than the uh, than Seattle's giving Detroit. So uh, not a lot of respect over there. What's your prediction for this game? I would say my prediction is uh, a Steelers win. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to go 31-24 Steelers. I think that whenever they get a lead, they're going to hold on to that lead by running the ball with Le'Veon Bell, by just controlling the offense through and through. Um, you know, our defense is really weak, especially in the middle of the field. Uh, our linebackers can't cover that side for, for anything. And uh, I think the Steelers are going to take advantage as soon as they get a lead and uh, ride it from there. All right, and so since we have you, I guess I'll ask you, sort of longer term looking at this team, um, Akiva actually really seems to like Adam Gaze. He thinks that he deserves a, a coach of the year consideration, which is a little more credit than I'm willing to give him. Um, on the other hand, Tannehill, you know, coming off the 2014 season when he was so promising, last year was really bad. This year was better than last year, but still can't give you, you know, too much confidence that he's really a, a long-term solution at quarterback. So, you know, assuming that you do lose this game 31 to 24 or otherwise, as a Dolphins fan, how do you approach the offseason? Well, you know, I've gone so back and forth so many times with Tannehill in particular, um, games where, you know, he has an amazing comeback like against the Rams, but, you know, he played like crap for, you know, the first 55 minutes of that game. And then games like the 2014 Broncos game, again, he plays amazingly. And then, I mean, there's just so many times in between where, I mean, he just, he 
does nothing when he should be, you know, dominating. Um, so Tannehill's kind of a mystery. Where I stand on the guy is I think we, we have to stick with him. I think that we have too many holes in the rest of the roster, primarily the defense, to uh, to really focus on you know, drafting a first-round quarterback or going after one in free agency and then, you know, building him up, waiting another year, et cetera, et cetera. I think we have to ride with Tannehill. I think this year in particular, he proved that under the right circumstances, he can win. And Adam Gase, I think, is going to get the most out of him. Now, the most out of him meaning, in my opinion, he's going to be, I don't know, top 15 at best. Um, I think he's just middle of the round, you know, middle of the uh, road and, uh, I think we can win with him, but we need to improve the rest of the team. So the way I would approach the offseason, I guess, is bolster up that defense. You know, um, We've done good despite a lot of injuries, um, the linebackers, the safeties, the cornerbacks. Um, so you know, just build on the defense and give Tannehill another year under this offense. I mean, he's gone through Adam Gase, Bill Lazor, uh, Mike, Mike uh, boy, oh boy, I can't remember the guy's name, but his old college coach. You know, he's gone through a lot of offensive coordinators, and I think that consistency will do him a lot of good. All right. And, um, you know, we probably should have had you on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually, because we were ranking uh, the top podcasts of the year for 2016. And uh, you're a pretty big podcast guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how uh, your co-host actually found me, I guess, is I talk way too much about podcasts on Twitter. <laughs> All right. So if you had to uh, turn on listeners of this podcast to one other podcast other than, obviously, 32 fans, uh, what would it be? Well, I think it just depends on your preference. Uh, I'm mostly a comedy fan, so every really every podcast on the Earwolf Network I really enjoy. Um, if you're into the whole fantasy worlds and if you're into improv, I think my favorite podcast of 2016 is a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern. Really funny podcast. Uh, definitely check that one out. If you're into sports, um, I don't necessarily love the hosts, but you really can't go wrong with the Around the NFL podcast, just to get some basic insight if you don't have time to obviously watch all the games every week. Um, But yeah, you know, just comedy podcast in general, you know, check out the Improv podcast, Improv for Humans. Uh, Boy, boy, there's so many. (laughs) Yeah, I think Akiva likes you because you're a Doughboys fan. Yeah, Doughboys, you can't go wrong with Doughboys. All right, well, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck to your Dolphins this week. You know, if they were to win, I assume Tannehill would definitely play the next week, right? Yeah, I would think so. I think this year is a little iffy, but uh, I think if we win, which, you know, fingers crossed, but uh, we'll see. Well, I, all I got to do then is go into Foxborough, so no, no big deal. <laughs> hey, you know, we can do it. I have you faith what, in my uh, team for whatever reason. Uh, Akiva hates the Dolphins because he's, he's, a, he's a Jets fan and, you know, they've had this rivalry. But uh, most of America hates the Steelers and the, uh, and the Patriots far more. So I think you will have a lot of uh, neutral observers uh, rooting for the upset uh, this weekend if somehow you reach it uh, next week as well. I so hope anyways, so. And as far as Akiva goes, um, just yeah. you know, tell him to uh, take out the broom and look at the scoreboard this year, and uh, we'll see him <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, but you helped him because by, at least by the second one, for sure, he was rooting for losses. He was just looking at uh, draft positioning by that point. So. You know, draft position, draft position. I mean, everybody talks about it, but hey, if you can't draft well, it doesn't matter. So there yeah, you go. All right. Well, uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. All right, hey, have a good one. Thanks. Okay, so then we get to the game of the week, and it's really by default because there is no other good game. As I said, uh, you know, the Giants are 18th in FPI. The Giants are not a playoff caliber team. One of the worst quarterbacks in the league. uh, One of the worst running games in the league. They have a good defense, but not a great defense. They are going to get murdered by the Packers. This is the only game where I'm taking the favorite to cover. This is my gambling lock of the week is this one. This is the only one I'm positive about. The uh, the Packers are going to cover. The Giants are going to get murdered. And... 
Of course, uh, just like when they went into 15 and one Lambo or in 2007 on the, in the NFC Championship when they went into you know also as a big underdog. Somehow the pack the Giants are going to go into Green Bay and pull one out of their butts, right? The Giants are going to the Super Bowl just to just to piss us off and to piss me off in particular. Uh, oh, so are we? But but it's not going to be Giants Ravens because the Ravens didn't make it. What's the matchup? And we're watching Giants Patriots. So what's the matchup that we don't watch? Giants Steelers. Giants Texans. No. <laughs> what if it was like Giants? Oh, and I hate the Dolphins. I could not. I would be rooting for the Giants if it was Giants Dolphins. Giants Raiders. At least like good for the Raiders. Maybe Carr comes back for the Super Bowl. That's exciting. Giants Texans would be unwatchable. Steelers. I'm sick of. Um, well, the Lions would be the worse Chiefs? Super Bowl than the Giants, objectively. For me, the Giants would be worse. But right, if we're talking about the worst Super Bowl, the no, Super Bowl but no, in Lions, terms of fan, in terms of fandom, not not the worst game imaginable. Yes, Lions Texans would be a yeah. bad game. Yeah, or no, or well, you could argue fandom. that like you could argue like Cowboys Texans would be a bad game because well, the, the Cowboys Packers, the Packers are the team destroy them. The most as a Viking. Like Lions Texans could be close. Lions play every game. Lions play is close. So you're saying what is the Super Bowl matchup that I personally least want to see? I guess I least want to see Giants Patriots. I don't want to hear yeah, all the hype okay. about those idiotic teams again. You have a really good that chance of winning the Super Bowl. Really? I mean, I wouldn't say really good. The Giants are going to be underdogs in each of the next three games. Yeah. So I'm picking the Giants to cover. That's my lock. You want to bet on that? We wow. can bet on that. And I may pick them to win, but I'm not I'm not ready to pick that game yet. Well, when are you ready? Because this is when we're recording our podcast. Oh. Well, what do you mean? I'm giving this out for free. All right. I'm picking the Giants to win the game. Wow. Why do you hate about the Packers? No, Packers are fine. The Giants are going to shut them down. Giants D is great. Right. Packers are going to run for like, you know, 12. They're going to have Reggie Bush numbers, like 12 for negative seven with big yeah, snacks. And how many yards are the Giants going to run? For? I was wrong. I'll say mea culpa. Like, I thought that the Giants signing Damon Harrison was terrible because like anyone the Jets have stuck in there in the last few years has been dominant, including Snacks Harrison. So I figured like he's a product of the system and he plays literally less than half the snaps. It's a passing league. He's a running. He literally just stuffs the run. But he's been so dominant that it's like I still it still may long term not be the best contract because he's a big fat guy who's old. But I mean, he's just been incredible this year. Yeah. All right, Akiva. Uh, unfortunately, we have to bring a Giants fan on, I think, uh, to talk about this game since it's the only game this weekend that has even the slightest hope of being a decent game uh, in your estimation. Anyways, uh, I, of course, think it'll be a blowout for the Packers. Uh, so, uh. Coming back to the podcast, actually, for his second time, it is Jonah Sobin. Hardcore 32 fans fans uh, will know that this is the second time on the podcast. Jonah, when I recorded a, a podcast on the AFC South from his basement after our fantasy draft, he uh, pretended to be a Houston, Texas fan to uh, predict uh, some of their schedule because something happened to our Texans fan. But, uh, but Jonah, you're actually a Giants fan. Is that correct? I am actually a Giants fan. But I have to say, I can be a very good Texans fan when called upon. Yeah. So are you one of those Giants fans who uh, slurps the Eli Manning and, and doesn't you know acknowledge reality or statistics or on-field performance or any other kind of evidence? Besides my objectionable you know slurping, I, I, I really hate that word. I think it's pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do not slurp Eli Manning in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think he's had an excellent Giants career. I think that anybody, any Giants fan will tell you he's been a great quarterback, probably the best in franchise history. Clearly, according to statistics, uh, you know, and nobody can take two Super Bowl victories, two Super Bowl MVPs away from him. But he's obviously had, you know, a rough past couple of years. He's very much done, um, you know, he's done great in Bob McAdoo's offense. Uh, He's certainly helped him rejuvenate his career a little bit. But by all advanced statistics, you know, he's had a bad two to three years. Uh, His yards per attempt are down. Uh, His... uh, 
There's some advanced statistic about turnovers, turnovers created. I mean, it's very bad. Uh, that, 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 that being said, um, yeah. I, I very much trust him in a big spot. You know, he's come through over and over again. And this is a team that doesn't rely on him to do a ton well, right Well, you say oh, really only twice, 2007, 2011. They've never yeah. won a playoff game any other many, year in his career. Many, many times during those Super Bowl runs. You know, he's, he, he had to go on the road five of the six of those games, and he, yep. put, and he put up elite numbers. No, no, he didn't. In 2007, he averaged like 190 yards a game. Uh, they won because of their defense. In 2011, he had a couple of great games. I will in, give him that. In, in, but, the, right. in the playoff runs, he was great. He made great throws when they needed him to do. That 2011 game against San Francisco was one of the best games I've seen a quarterback play in my lifetime. All right, so let's talk about the here and now. Uh, it's been, I think, six weeks since the Giants scored even 20 points. Uh, their offense has been, you know, the running game has been abysmal. Their offensive line isn't very good. Eli's been a bottom 10 quarterback this year. It's basically just been Odell Beckham and then hope the defense can hold the other team to like 12 or 13 points. It's going to be very hard to do that to the Packers, especially the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. So I, I disagree with you. Um, I was one of my, uh, a, a couple of Giant fans that were, was actually rooting for the Packers. Um, I think that the Packers have, uh, the Giants match up much better against the Packers than they do against the Lions. Um, I, think <laughs> I, think, I think it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult. Oh my goodness. I think it's very difficult to beat an opponent twice in one year. Um, I think that the things that the, things that the Packers bring able the Giants can stop much so the, fact, so the fact that you lost the Packers that beat the Lions is evidence that the Lions are better than the Packers. No, I, I didn't say that. I just think that the Giants match up better with the Packers than they do with the Lions. I think that the Giants, I think... Okay, so the fact that the Packers beat the Giants and that the Lions lost the Giants is evidence that the Packers are a better matchup for the Giants? No, I think that the way the Lions win games is very similar to the way the Giants win games. And I think that the Giants... But they didn't win a game. They lost by 11 when you played them just two weeks ago. The Giants beat them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying that their style of play... You know, the fact that they rely on, on short passes that the Giants do extremely well at, at stopping. The Giants are an excellent tackling team. The Giants are able to control, you know, running games. And they're able to control uh, secondaries. And, you know, they can stop big plays. That's what they've been doing all year. Their, their secondary has been elite. You know, they're, they're between Eli Apple, uh, obviously Landon Collins, who's had a defensive MVP type of, type of year. Um, you know, these are the type of teams that they've been stopping all year. I think that Green Bay is going to struggle to put up points. And, you know, the Giants have had the same recipe over and over and over this year. Um, if you look at their, their over-under in terms of point spreads, uh, they ha every single game has gone under except for four games this year. I think that's very telling uh, if you, you know, comparing, if you look at how the Giants have been playing all year. And I think that that's a recipe that's easily duplicated in the playoffs. All right, so what's your prediction for this game? My prediction for this game is I think that the Giants are not going to score more than 24 points. Uh, if they are able to limit... 20, the 24 would be great. You have, last time you did that was against the Browns. Before that, you haven't done it since when? I think like the Eagles game in October or something like that. Yeah, I mean, the Giants have struggled to score points this year, 100%. Yeah. If yeah, they, 24 would be the fourth they, highest scoring game of the year. Yeah, but this is the playoffs, and this is this is when I, I think that Bob McAdoo has been very conservative in his play calling this year. I think he's held you know a lot close to his chest, and I think that he you know really has been coaching very conservatively this this season. Uh, and I think now is the time to sort of take off the reins and let's see what they can do. Let's see how many points they can put up because they're going to need to score points. Okay, so you said the Giants won't score more than 24, but how many of the Packers are going to score? No, I, I think that they can easily hold the Packers under 17 points. 
So the Giants are going to win 24-17, is that what you're saying? I, I certainly expect the Giants to win. I think You expect that, them, not you hope you, you expect them to win? Yeah, I expect them to win. You'll be surprised if the Giants lose. I, well, I'd be surprised. I mean, it, it's, it's a four-point spread. The Giants are dogs by four points. So obviously Vegas expects them you know, to lose. But based on everything I've seen from this team, and yeah, obviously you're going against a great, a great quarterback. Anything can happen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is incredible. He's, you know, he, he could win in the MVP this year. That being said, I think the Giants match up very well against the Packers, and I expect the Giants to win, yes. All right. Well, uh, I think it'll be a victory for the Giants if they're within 21 points, but uh, we will see who's right, and I'm sure that I will be cursed because I hate this Giants team, and I'm sure they're going to go win another Super Bowl. But uh, Jonah, thanks for joining us on the podcast. What, a, and, what, uh, about, what about a side bet? <laughs> well, I'm not betting. I, like, I don't like them. The Packers are the most hated team for me. I'm a Vikings fan. I hate the All Packers. Right, well, well, it seems like you hate the Giants even more. Well, I just I just hate bad teams. I hate when teams like Houston and the Giants and the Lions are hogging up the playoffs. And you know, all the, there's better teams at home. That just frustrates me. So. I mean, the Giants have arguably the best offensive player in this game and the best defensive player in this game. No, you cannot argue that. You cannot argue that there's any player uh, better than Aaron Rodgers in this game. All right, Odo Beckham I mean, Jr. is very good. A wide receiver's impact is so minimal compared to a quarterback. Odo Beckham Jr. will touch the ball what eight times in this entire game. Yeah, and he can score on on four of those eight times. Okay. All right. Anyways, Jonah, <laughs> my, my hatred for the Giants is growing with every minute. Alex, it's been a pleasure. All right, Jonah, thank you so much, and good luck uh, for the Giants, and good luck uh, for your fantasy next year as well. All right. Okay, Akiva, so that was Jonah Sobin, who was the Rookie of the Year in my fantasy league this year. Yeah, first-time member, but uh, the best of our uh, four newcomers this year, uh, far and away. Also, I, we forgot to discuss it when Jonah was on the air, but uh, Jonah sent us an email this week. Uh, which I will read because I think it's pretty similar to what a lot of people tell us. He says, I was having dinner with a bunch of guys a couple weeks ago. Most listened to the pod. We were discussing content in general. Lots of people do football. What we like most about your show, we all came to the same conclusion. The tangents about stuff that isn't football. Where you'll be talking about something that happens in your life, whether it's family or kid-related. It'll be very interesting. Then you cut off by saying no one wants to hear this. We all disagreed. Because, again, a lot of people talk about football, but not many people share this other side. It's a side most of your listeners go through as well. Uh, then gave some examples uh, of uh, some things, uh, such as the uh, the Truckgate story, for example. So Akiva, uh, Jonah, and some of our other listeners want to hear less football and uh, more miscellaneous shenanigans, which is, I'm sure, something we can provide. All right, so, so that ends our uh, week one preview, uh, our wildcard preview. We got uh, four terrible games. Uh, four, uh, the first game we don't care about, and the other three are going to be blowouts probably. Uh, obviously, we disagree about the fourth one. I will say that I think next week we're going to have uh, three good games. The Patriots game will be terrible, but the other three games will all be good, probably. Yeah, so, the Patriots uh, game hopefully. will be like as bad as like the Patriots Tebow game, which was like <laughs> one of the worst games ever yeah. a few years back. So, so while I can't promise that this podcast will be better, uh, the games we discuss will be. Yeah, let me know. Let us know how you think I did on my own. I imagine it's you know, like we should make, maybe make a Twitter poll. Like, did Tebow Tebow do great, or like should we just fire Chester? He was so great. Yeah, uh, if people want to fire me, I'm more than happy to quit. We can't quit during the playoffs. What if people want to fire me? This is, just, 99th, this is our yeah, 99th. This is our 99th podcast. 99 yeah. and out. I'm done. I will say, Mike and Tommy Snacks was stuck on 99 for like a year before they did 100. Yeah, yeah. should we do that and then just come back out of nowhere? Uh, somebody's got to let us know if they have a good idea for what we should do for our 100th podcast. Yeah, if you have a fun idea, fun guest, anybody, you know. I, I, I'm all ears. We don't have any plans for next week, but I'd like next week's our 100th episode. I'd like to do something cool. That's enough. That's enough out of you. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the playoff pools. Find the celeb for the playoff pool. Uh, pool pools. All right, bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.